Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In most episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Visit our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Join us on the phone. Got someone close by, David Starling, police officer, Miami Gardens Police Department here in South Florida. David, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you on our Law Enforcement Today show. Uh, I got a chance to meet David not that long ago at the Wounded Officers Initiative Heroes Weekend. I met you and your wife, I believe her name's Belinda. Correct. I'm so glad you're here with us and getting to tell you your story. You went through an extreme act of violence. I believe it was back in January 2016. You've been a police officer about how long before that occurred? 25 years plus. Okay. So you, you, you're certainly not a rookie. You're an experienced veteran. And, and what was happening tonight? Were you in a, the middle of a call? Was it a disorderly conduct call, a domestic? I was just sitting in the car. Actually, I had just finished writing a crash report. They had a car drive past me, and then the car backed up. It was actually a black SUV, and I'm thinking, okay, it's directions because it's Miami and somebody's lost off the expressway. Right. The car backed up to me. I rolled down the window, and the SUV rolled down his window, and all I saw was a handgun pointed in my direction. The guy had this strange look on his face, and all of a sudden, he just started shooting at me. He unloaded a, a magazine into the car, and... During that melee, he didn't say anything to me. After he emptied the magazine, he just sped off. Is a total stranger? Come to find out, I had actually had an encounter with him two years prior, but it was on a just a suspicious person call. I actually really never had a any kind of conversation or interaction with him before that. It was actually a, a Baker Act, which is where a person's mentally unstable, and that we were Baker Acting, and it was it was just one of those things where we handled the call, and I, I didn't think any more about it for two years. Those are, are kind of a routine dime a dozen. They happen all the time, and it's just one of the services that officers across the United States provide all the time, dealing with people who are emotionally, mentally disturbed, trying to get them help, and, and this is a situation that happened with this guy. And then two years later, we fast forward... You're writing a police report for a traffic accident. You're sitting in your car, and the guy pulls up and opens fire. 
Correct. And it, what was odd was I I didn't remember him. He didn't say a word to me. I just the only thing that I saw was him pointing the gun at me, and I'm like, this is just a surreal moment. If that makes sense. The whole encounter probably lasted five or six seconds, but he ended up firing nine shots into my uh, police vehicle, and I was struck twice. Did you get that? I forget the terms that experts use. For me, it seemed like time slowed down, and when I realized there was a life-threatening situation, it's like I lost focus of everything else except for that little vicinity of the shooter and the gun. Was that what happened for you? Exactly, because you hear the experts talk about where if it's a high-stress moment where it becomes tunnel vision, and that was probably the longest five seconds of my life. And it's just, just I didn't think that that whole episode would end, would end, and it seemed like it lasted an eternity. I can't begin to imagine going through that. And I've been through some some bad things myself, but no one expects when you're sitting there doing a, an accident report, minding your own business, as we always say, not involved in some sort of high-profile, high-tense domestic dispute or something of that nature, where all of a sudden you are in grave danger of being murdered. Exactly. And that was what struck me out is because we, when you work in Miami, people get lost all the time. So I'm figuring it was just another lost tourist. And I was the first police officer that they saw because I was in the mark unit and they were lost and I'd help them find their way. But that didn't, that wasn't the case that morning. Were you able to get anything out of your mouth? Were you able to say anything at all? I was not able to say anything at all. After he sped off and drove away from the scene, it was kind of like, did this really happen? And I got on the radio and gave a description of the suspect vehicle. Other officers picked him up probably about 10 blocks later and ended up being a pursuit where he was firing at the other officers. They had a bailout and they caught the subject uh, a short time later. You said you were struck twice. There's nine shots fired at you. Correct. What was the areas where you were struck? I was struck in my hip twice. I'm sure you were rushed in an emergency manner to the hospital. Were there surgeries involved? Was there long yeah, recuperation? There was, there, yeah, there was surgery involved because it, once we had actually got there, it, I didn't realize I was struck as bad as I was until after the fact. And then once the adrenaline started to wear off, so to speak, it was like, okay, this really hurts, and I got shot. But it, the uh, rescue responded me, and they uh, transported me to the, uh, the trauma unit, one of the local hospitals down here. And what was the prognosis? They weren't sure. Originally, they thought it was just a through and through, but it, it entered my hip, and I was shot with a forty-five, so it was a large caliber weapon. So there was, there was a lot of trauma to the area. They, they took me to the trauma unit, and they um, eventually ended up doing surgery later that day. And how long were you in the hospital? Uh, five days. Meanwhile, your wife, how did she get word that you had been severely injured? Uh, this is hard to explain. I, um, I, I, I'm sure it is. Um, I'd always had to deal with my wife that if I ever got hurt in the line of duty, if I was able to, to call her, that that's what I would do. So right after I was shot, while I was waiting, others, after the units had already got on scene, I had actually called my wife and said, don't worry, I'm fine, I've been shot, but they're going to take me to the hospital, and i got somebody coming to get you. So uh, my department sent a, a unit up, one of the sergeants, and um, they had her brought down, and she met us at the hospital. You had the presence of mind to call your wife and tell her, I've been shot, but don't worry, I'm okay? Well, we yeah, because we had that conversation, because my wife did not want that 
that that infamous knock on the door with a uniformed officer right. saying that your husband's been shot. Yeah. So. Now, I have talked to Robert Greenberg and other officers and people in law enforcement today, and I, I can't begin to imagine having that conversation with a spouse. I don't, I can't recall that I ever did when I was in the Baltimore Police Department. I'm sure I did to some degree or another, but talking about a difficult conversation ahead of time, that's right up there with the birds and the bees with your kids. Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of hard to explain, but I, I, that was my greatest fear that she would see something on the news or, or, or somebody that would show up knocking on the door, and I just didn't want my wife to take it that way. No, I, I've talked to spouses of officers who've been murdered in the line of duty, and they talk about the notification, and it's almost as if that someone hit him in the solar plexus with a sledgehammer. It's, it's as if everything was taken out of them in a, a sudden rush. Um, and there's no book written on how to deal with these things, not for family members, not for your, your side partners, the other officers on the job. So your wife gets notified because you called her, which, by the way, you're my hero for doing that, David. That's, <laughs> that's something, man. So let's give us an overview of your recovery, because I'm sure that the news media didn't cover that. They'll say that the good news, uh, injuries weren't life-threatening, the officer survived, and they never say a thing again. Well, it was actually a big deal, because this was shortly after the officer in Philadelphia Jesse had been shot. Yeah, Jesse Hartnett uh, was his name. The gentleman walked up to his car and, and shot the officer several times in, in an ambush-type situation. So this was like within a week, 10 days after that. So it, it hit the news pretty hard for a couple of days, and then it just kind of disappeared after that. We're going to take a short break, David. We'll come back to the conversation about your recovery, about the trial, about where life is at now. Folks, you listen to Law Enforcement Today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Glowkeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers, vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. 
If you are current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military and are considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave. Honor the Brave is a nationwide real estate program that allows these families to keep more of their hard-earned money. 10% of the agent's commission goes back to you. Additionally, they donate 5% of the commission to the nonprofit of your choice. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military, considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave online at honorthebrave.com. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-569-2507. That's 800-569-2507. Again, 800-569-2507. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. That's 800-948-6817. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 19ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.19ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 19ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. There are many sounds in your daily life. Ones that make you smile. (laughs) Ones that help you relax. And there are some sounds that can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts. Now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you critical information about emergencies in your area. With updates from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know wherever you are. Learn more at ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. 
are back. This is Law Enforcement Today. The Law Enforcement Today show brought to you in part by Galls, G-A-L-L-S.com. Again, their website is G-A-L-L-S.com. They've been supplying first responders, police officers, law enforcement, public safety, firefighters for more than 50 years. And they got a huge selection of products that anybody can use from outerwear, boots, clothing, you name it. They got it at Gauls.com. And we here at Law Enforcement Today have lots of great contests. We've got prize giveaways from Gauls. Get more details on our Facebook page. Search for Law Enforcement Today. Click like when you get there. And also on our website as well, lawenforcementtoday.com. And when you have a chance, check out Galls at galls.com, G-A-L-L-S.com on Facebook and Instagram as well. Joining us on the phone, Miami Gardens, Florida police officer, David Starling. David uh, was shot twice in an ambush attack, uh, I believe it was, was it January 2016, David? Yes, it was. You were struck twice in the hip area. You had surgeries, and I'm sure the recuperation was lengthy. About how long did it take to get rehabbed and back to the best shape possible? Well, it was five and a half months coming back because I had to do recover from the surgery, and then I had to do um, physical therapy for several months for the damages to my hip and just the, just for the fact of just muscle loss from, from not being able to get around. Right. And, you know, like you said, you're not, you, you're not a rookie. You, I'm a little bit older than you. I don't recuperate as quickly as I did in my 30s and 20s. And so I'm sure the recuperation for you was slow and arduous and took a lot of work. Yes. Because you, you, you don't realize that if your body is shot in one area, the rest of the body compensates for it. So there's there's a lot of physical therapy that goes with it to get back to where you were. And how about the emotional and, and mental aspect? How was life for you afterwards? To be honest with you, I was very, first it was like it didn't happen to me. And then, you know, they say the different stages of grief. And then I became mad and it, just mad that it happened to me and mad with pretty much everybody around me. It's just that was one of the steps that you go through. And it, it was acceptance. And then it's like, okay, we're, we're, we've dealt with that. So we're going to go back to work. So this is what we're going to do to get back to work. And how would you say things were in the recovery process for your wife, Belinda? It was hard on her. It was, it was hard. I mean, the, the whole process, because I was in the hospital for the five days, like I said, but she didn't leave my side. She was with me 24-7. And uh, she was a real trooper, and I was—I tried to send her home, and she wouldn't go home. And she was definitely my angel during that period. She's an amazing woman, and uh, please extend an invitation to her that she can come on the show. That—that's a segment of these stories, and they're powerful stories uh, from that we never, almost never, hear about. So please let her know anytime she wants to be a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Uh, I'd love to have her. So th- the guy was eventually arrested. And I don't want to give a lot of time to him. I personally don't believe in giving publicity to people who commit acts of violence, these these mass shooters or whoever they might be. He was arrested. What was the outcome with him? They ended up charging him with 13 felonies during the whole situation between shooting me and firing at the other officers. Um, It ended up being that he was found by two of the doctors that were consulted during the, the the pre-trial that he was basically incompetent to stand trial. 
so for, for mental up, illness issues yeah correct he had a history of mental illness which so, you said he two years prior you had to do a baker act on so th- that's a kind of evidence that that maybe there was some truth to that correct so they, they the doctors had concluded that he was mentally basically mentally incompetent uh they ended up taking a plea deal but he didn't get near the time that what i wanted but that's out of my control it is Uh, did they come and talk to you and ask you or just said this is the way it is you can take it or leave it pretty much that was the the situation the time that they brought me in on the pretrial and the whole situation they'd already had several examinations by the by the doctors and the psychologist and it was pretty much the foregone conclusion by the state attorney that was handling the case that he was mentally incompetent and that was the only way that he wanted to pursue it i read in an article during that process that his claim was that he shot you because he just needed to shoot police because police were a threat to everybody from all the news headlines he'd been reading Correct. And when they actually did the interview after he was taken into custody, the main thing he had asked, first off, did I kill him? Did I get him? And then the next thing was he, he said that he had woken up and he decided that today was the day that he was going to kill a police officer. And I just happened to be the first police officer that he saw when he drove into Miami Gardens. I'm glad he failed. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you were hurt. I'm sorry you were injured. And I know his words are shallow or hollow there's no no right words to say but i I for one and my life is better having met you that you're still around and you're still uh contributing member society as a matter of fact you're still in a job correct i um they took me off the road i am now um training new officers that's so good to hear and you know please extend my thank you to the miami gardens police department the the command staff uh, city government that I as a retired police sergeant said thank you all too often many agencies take officers who have been critically injured retire them quickly and uh, just and throw them aside as if it's someone else's problem and, and they exactly. found a home for you and and you're still part of the family correct and I, I wasn't ready to go yet but um, that was one of my wife's stipulations was she didn't want me to go on the road in my whole career I have been pretty much a road officer. I, I enjoy working the streets, always have. And it was my intent to go back to the road, but that was one of her wishes, and the chief agreed with her, and they put me into the training unit because I'd been training rookies for 20 years. So uh, Something tells me that when your wife, Belinda, says she wants things done a certain way, uh, any chief police, mayor, whatever's going to do what she wants. She, she's not a woman to be trifled with. Well, you met her, so you wouldn't have a guess. <laughs> no. And I, I say that with all complimentary uh, ways, because uh, that's the way things need to get done. And there's such a, a source of inspiration for people, these these officers, spouses, and family members. Most people in society have no idea what they go through on a daily basis. Uh, and I had no way of understanding the, the fear of my now ex-wife went through that that my mother went through when i was on the streets of baltimore and i didn't quite understand it and i I have to say right even today i probably don't really fully comprehend what it did for them so seeing 
what happened to your wife when you were critically injured, that must have really sent the lesson home. Yeah, it really did. But I'm lucky because, I mean, she was she was my rock, and I married a good, a very good woman, and she was there for me, and she didn't complain. She didn't. She was just, okay, this is the way the situation is, and, and what do we need to do to fix it? She was there, didn't complain. She's just a great woman. She's definitely my rock. That she is. And again, extend the invitation to her. We're going to take a short break. Folks, listen to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers, vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. If you are current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military and are considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave. Honor the Brave is a nationwide real estate program that allows these families to keep more of their hard-earned money. 10% of the agent's commission goes back to you. Additionally, they donate 5% of the commission to the nonprofit of your choice. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military, considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave online at honorthebrave.com. Driving means freedom, exploration, fun, pride, flexibility, friendship, independence. Distracted driving means danger, recklessness, irresponsible, chaos, police, devastation, injury, death. Safe driving means staying alert and staying alive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Back in the Law Enforcement Today studios, I'm John J. Wiley, host of the show, joined by David Starling, Miami Gardens, Florida police officer, uh, shot in the line of duty back in January 2016, underwent surgery five and a half months of rehabilitation and uh, physical therapy and are are now training young officers or would-be officers Uh, that's got to be a big big positive for those young officers in the academy well it is i like doing it i've always enjoyed being a field training officer and it's i try to use that and say this is this is what you need to do and this is what you need to be aware situational awareness where you're at at all times because it can go bad at any moment and your case is is absolute living proof of that that writing a police report for a traffic accident and all of a sudden you're in 
a life or death battle. It's what most most officers don't expect that they we're in situations every day with domestics and arresting felons and the whole nine yards. But something as mundane as a traffic crash, you really don't expect it. So they just have to learn and understand you never let your guard down, especially doing what we do. So you're back on the job. There was a period of time where you were recuperating. How were things for you at that time? I know finances become a big issue for a lot of us because so many of us work overtime, extra duty, whatever it might be, details to, to try to pay bills and establish savings and you know work on our homes and all that. How were you affected financially during well, the recuperation process? Financially, it was a hit for us because we had just bought a house to renovate and we were in the middle of the renovation when I got shot. So we actually had to put everything on hold for six months. We didn't deal with the house. We didn't deal with anything. We just had to deal with the incident and, and the recovery and, and getting that done. But we uh, finally completed the house and were able to move in. But it was definitely a, a, a big thing on the finances, especially when, because we live about an hour's drive away from Miami and having to come down here for my doctor visits and physical therapy and all the checkups and stuff, it was, it was definitely a strain financially. Did you wind up wearing out a couple cars during that process? <laughs> Uh, we put some, put a lot of miles on the car, that's for sure. Again, thanks to the police command staff at your agency. Please tell us to thank you very much for, for doing the right thing, taking care of you, because so many agencies don't. And the reason I bring it up is you and I met at the Wounded Officer Initiative's Heroes Weekend, and so many brave men and women, truly heroic people that we know that have been catastrophically injured and their careers cut short, permanently disabled, and they don't get the same level of support that you've gotten. And that was one thing for the the point of the weekend that my wife and I were talking about is like, you know, you meet all these officers that were probably more tragically injured than I was and that small children and all of a sudden their livelihood is taken away from them. And I'm like, I don't know what I could do with that if I was in that situation, if I had small kids and I was working all the off duties and stuff. I and I don't know what how I would handle if I had young kids and had to medically retire after being injured like that. And it's just, you you don't realize how lucky I was, even my my circumstance, but that some of these, these guys, they never recover, or some of their injuries are just so critical that they never recover. And it's just, it it's, it's for some reason, I've got to figure out with support the wounded officers, which is a great organization. They've always been, since I've been introduced to them, they've been great to me. And it's just, it's it's a, a need that's out there and that, unfortunately, the public doesn't know about. They see the officer that's been shot or the officer that's been injured in a crash or, or whatever, but they don't see what happens after it. And that's probably almost to the point where it's worse than being shot is all the stuff that comes after it. What advice would you give to other officers throughout the country that when they, they have a coworker that is critically injured in line of duty, what would you ask them to do? Is there something you would like them to do to be available, to be there, or what is it? That would be my only advice, be there. Um, a lot of times we're, when, when people like if you're released from the hospital and you're home recovering or whatever the situation is or you're going for physical therapy, everybody's like, okay, 
they're going to be fine and they don't need to talk to us anymore. But what they don't understand is once you go through a, a critical incident like that, there's a lot of, lot of things that the officer has to deal with, you know, post-traumatic syndrome and just all the emotions that come with, with the, inj- the injuries and even the day-to-day stuff like going to the grocery store. I mean, if you've got wife and you're, you can't get out and just, just to be there for the officers, do you need anything? Just a phone call, just a visit. That's what people don't realize that the other officers, they need to be there. And of course, the bad part about it is, is that I, I believe that all the fellow officers are kind of reminded of this is our own mortality. This right. could be me. Yeah. What would I do? So I, I, I don't know if. They don't want to deal with that aspect of it, but if you could give advice to their fellow officers, is just be there. A great advice, and what I try to do personally is I, I've accepted the fact that I feel awkward and I don't know what to say or do. So what I, I what I used to do was I would do nothing, but now I, I make myself available. You know, I tell them, you know, I don't know what to say. I'm your friend, and then I try to treat them as if they nothing changed. You know, um, uh, I don't, I don't want to give people sympathy. And most of the people I've, I've told was like, I just want to be treated like I'm a regular brother and sister. Right. And it, it doesn't have to be, maybe that officer that's wounded or the officer that's been hurt necessarily doesn't want to talk about the injury or the incident. Maybe they just want to have a sense of normalcy. Maybe they just want to hear from somebody and talk about something other than the fact of what happened to them. And that in itself could be just a great service. There's an incredible amount of power that can be had having conversations about football and fishing. Uh, exactly. That, that helps remedy a lot of things without even touching on that subject. One of the things you brought up, David, that in my case was a lot like yours. I loved being a patrol officer, a patrol sergeant. I loved being on the street, the handling calls, never knowing what to expect, getting and interacting with the community. Right. And I don't know how to describe it to people. It's what the media portrays nowadays about policing in a community. They love the term community policing, which, by the way, you've been around for a long time. That's what we did for our entire careers. I don't know where this new thing, community policing, came from. Exactly. We've been doing it for generation upon generation. They just called it something different. But it's, it, 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 I think part of it is just the thing about being that the, the public, I guess, doesn't understand is that it's a tight-knit group, the camaraderie, and just the bond that you build with the people that you work with. And being a street cop is probably the, the best vocation you can have. I just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my career, and I keep to hopefully be able to continue it. But you've been at it for 25-plus years. Are you able to retire right now if you wanted to? If I had to, I will, but I, I'm still enjoying what I do. Something tells me you're going to be at it for another 10 years. At least. At least. <laughs> at least. David Starling, Miami Gardens, Florida Police Department, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. And, man, you are welcome here anytime you want to talk. If uh, anything we can do for you, law enforcement today to help you, uh, the other officers and, and police departments in South Florida, please do not be a stranger. Contact me. Well, sir, I will definitely do that, and I appreciate the opportunity to come on your show. We've got another great guest heading your way on Law Enforcement Today. We'll be back in just a few moments. 
If you are current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military and are considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave. Honor the Brave is a nationwide real estate program that allows these families to keep more of their hard-earned money. 10% of the agent's commission goes back to you. Additionally, they donate 5% of the commission to the nonprofit of your choice. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military, considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave online at honorthebrave.com. This is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers, vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. We are back. Before we turn to the conversation, be sure to like us on Facebook, search for Law Enforcement Today, and check out our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And joining us on the phone from the Chicago area, one of my favorite places, Stacy, is it Govea? That's correct. Stacy, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. I got introduced to you through a buddy of ours, uh, George Wooden. George, I've had on the show, past episode. Uh, he's a retired Maryland State Trooper. Great guy. Also, he is the chairman, founder, driving force behind BW Unlimited Charities. He does lots of fundraising nationally and internationally for a lot of law enforcement organizations and charitable efforts. Uh, great guy. Check out his website. Look for BW Unlimited Charities uh, on Facebook and also on the website as well. Do a Google search. you love it. We're doing some events of him coming in the future. you got something coming up as well. What do you have on the horizon with George? We have the 2018 Brothers in Blue Bash Chicago coming here to us August 25th at the Halls of St. George in Sherrillville, Indiana. And it is going to be an awesome event. Big party. It's a, a great big party. Lots of fun. People from all over can go. They'll have auctions, silent auctions, raffles, all kinds of great fundraisers. What are some of the type of gear and uh, things that will be up available for that, at that event? We will have multiple sports memorabilia signs, authenticated We are looking at having some outdoor type of fun items such as grills and lawnmowers. Our goal is to make it an exciting evening. Everybody come out, have a good time, have a couple of drinks, eat a lot of food, socialize, and just be in a nice, safe, and inviting setting. Now, again, when is it going to be? August 25th. 
And it's the uh, Brothers in Blue by Chicago. I love the sound of that. Correct. It sounds like a great yes. time, great fun. And people from yes. all over can come. You don't have to be Chicago PD or one of the suburbs. You can come from anywhere, right? That is correct. We have eight people coming from various states surrounding Illinois already that have already booked their rooms and bought their tickets. And the tables have been selling very quickly in the first week that it was posted up on the webpage. If people want to get more information about the Brothers in Blue Bash Chicago in August, what do they do? They can visit our website at www.protectingk9heroes.com. They can visit us on Facebook at Protecting Canine Heroes. And we have got this everywhere right now. We have multiple law enforcement agencies that are excited about it and sharing the event. We have departments that are buying tables, looking as it as a night out for them and some of their guys and gals. Yeah, lots of word of mouth as well. Should be I fun. Think we're so. at about 170 people already. So tell your friends to uh, check out the Rose and Blue Bash Chicago in August. That brings up protecting canine heroes. That's your organization. Your website address mm-hmm. is protectingk9heroes.com. And of course, you have a Facebook presence as well. We do. Protecting Canine Heroes on Facebook. What is it that your organization does? What we do is we provide safety equipment for canines throughout the U.S., as well as we have one in Australia as recently as last month. We provide uh, multi-threat ballistic vests. We provide Narcan kits, which are the overdose reversal kits for the canines as well as canine medical and trauma kit. People would think that that would be something that every agency would have automatically, but due to funding issues, oftentimes our, our canines don't get all the equipment they need. That is correct. There is very, very minimal funding from the agencies for the canines, especially down south uh, in a lot of those agencies the, the dogs, canines, they don't have any equipment. With the epidemic that we've been seeing throughout several states within the United States of the heroin and everything and fentanyl going on, there, there is such an increase in the danger that the canines are facing as well as the law enforcement officers. So it is our goal, obviously, to make sure that every canine and their handler goes home safe at the end of their shift. Absolutely. And we are doing whatever we can to make sure that happens. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear this, uh, partly because two of my favorite topics, law enforcement, being a retired police officer, myself, police sergeant, also dogs, cats. My wife and I are big in a rescue. We show dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have a another website, uh, PetRescueLife.com, and also another Facebook page that's fairly new. Uh, it's called Pet Rescued Life. And what we do is we support those who support rescuers, and also we're not anti-purebred. We don't care if it's mixed breed, pure breed, working dogs, in the case of our canines, service dogs, service animals, uh, show dogs. You know, we just love supporting them and making sure that no one feels left out. Because quite often nowadays, so many forces on the Internet become exclusionary saying, well, if you don't see things the way we do when it comes to dogs, then you're part of the problem and you're the enemy and we we banish you. Uh, And that's just not the Mm -hmm. right environment, you know. So thank you very, very much. I'm so happy to hear that you are doing this. You're raising money to get vests, to get these kits for the canines and our handlers. That's no small task. That stuff is very pricey. How do you do it? 
Uh, we are able to provide as many dogs as we have through sponsors and donations. That is the only way that we can survive. We are a 501c3. Every donation is tax deductible. So you can sleep well at night knowing that your money is going to a an authorized charity and that that money is being used only towards the canines. We don't collect any salaries. Nobody here has that. Every dime is spent on these dogs. And so you're not the, living in a penthouse uh, mansion uh, <laughs> on, uh, was it the Loop in Chicago? Is that, that not the If situation? I was, it would be full of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> How many dogs <laughs> do you have? Nothing against cats. I currently have two. I have a German Shepherd and I have a German Shepherd mix. My wife and I, we're, we are into Rottweilers and stumbled okay. quite by accident. That's a story for another day. She came from mm-hmm. Shepherds and we love them all. And we really love the working dogs. And people may think, okay, here's something else that happens quite often in the news. And some departments are getting good at taking shelter dogs and training them to be drug and explosive detection dogs. However, yes. when you do the multi-purpose police dog that has to do protection and tracking and, and bite work, a lot of times mm-hmm. they have to go with highly specialized, highly trained, highly bred, purebred animals, and that's quite the expense to begin with. So getting the yes. equipment they need to be safe, whether it be the, the shelter dogs that are converted. For example, when you send a dog in to search for narcotics, they use their nose. And with fentanyl, if they ingest that fentanyl through their nose, it can be deadly for them. Yes. A lot of people don't understand how or they weren't aware that a dog can experience a overdose episode as well as a human. The dog is in the same exact situation as, as a human with two legs. When the dog hits on a narcotic, if it's free flowing and it's in the air, airborne, that dog just like his handler or anybody else around, can go into a, a immediate overdose. A lot of the guys, if they are working and they're out in the woods or they're doing a track, there is not a veterinary office within a half hour, 45 minutes for some of these guys. So it, it helps us feel much better knowing that they have their Narcan on them and they can take care of that dog. It is not guaranteed to pull the dog out, depending on how affected the dog was by the fentanyl, but it'll definitely help. And then at the same time, you can get that dog and be en route to the veterinary's office compared to not having Narcan on them. And these dogs are, are heroic. Uh, they, they, I can tell you, working the streets of Baltimore, when we had really mm-hmm. bad situations, when the canine arrived, it was... It was a breath of fresh air because you had uh, another form of backup. And they, those dogs put it all on the line. There was no holding back from them at all. There is nobody that is more dedicated than a handler's canine. That is the officer's best friend, his confidant. That's who they talk to in the squad car yeah. when there's no one else around. Those dogs, those dogs know more about that officer and have the stronger relationship than most officers have with their wives. And those dogs are family. They, they live with them as well. Yes. This, this yes. can't be and cheap. What's it cost on average for, let's say, ballistic stab vest and Narcan kit or first aid kit for the dogs? Our multi-threat ballistic vests are $975, and they come with a five-year warranty. And like I said, they weigh about four to five pounds, depending on the level of the ballistics that the officer chooses. And that's also depending on the setting that the dog is working in. 
The Narcan kits are $100, and the canine medical kits are also $100. So if someone wants to make a donation, and uh, can they just go right to your website and do it there? Or can they buy yes. something and that helps, helps raise money? Is there other ways of getting involved? We have uh, multiple outlets as far as raising money. They can go to our website at www.protectingcanineheroes.com and click the Donate tab. They can mail checks in to us as well. Once again, everything is tax deductible. If a community has a need for a canine vest, Narcan, or a medical kit, and they want to do a GoFundMe or a crowd rise or a Facebook fundraiser, they just have to call me and let me know, hey, Stacy, we would like to do this for our local dog, because we do have a lot of those that happen. And we would get it all set up. We would share it on our page as well to help them get to their goal, because ultimately the goal is to have that dog protected. So we would work with them, and then once the funds were raised, we would get, we would get in contact with the officer and get the vest ordered. That's so great that you're doing that. And by the way, you mentioned Australia earlier. We have a an ambassador who's a former, what they call dog unit or a canine officer in uh, Queensland, Australia. Uh, and we also have an ambassador in Ireland. We'll pass a, the word on to them as well. This is Stacey Govea from ProtectingCanineHeroes.com. I want to thank you so very much for all that you are doing. And we've got a promise to, to stay in touch when you have events coming up. Let us know. And... Uh, Anything we can do to help you help our canine heroes, we'd be more than happy to do. That is fantastic. I hope as many of you guys are able to get out to the event on August 25th, and I would love to meet as many people as possible. Stacey Gouveia, thank you so very much for all you do and for being a guest on the show. Thank you very much. Have a great day. We've got some big news coming up very, very soon here at Law Enforcement Today that everybody, part of the Law Enforcement Today team, is very, very excited about. Can't go into a lot of details yet. We'll be making announcements very, very soon about a new marketing partnership that's going to benefit first responders. I mean, law enforcement officers, dispatchers, firefighters, corrections officers, parole officers, and veterans who are suffering from PTSD, and all the other issues that can go along with that. Substance abuse, depression, things of that nature. Like I said, we can't give a lot of details yet. We'll make an announcement very, very soon. On behalf of everyone associated with law enforcement today, I'm John J. Wiley. Till next time, see ya.